Hello, friends. Welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic with your host, Kyle Dunbar. And today we have our special guest, David Bell. David Bell 666 Tattoos. Is it still 666 Tattoos, brother? It's just Dave Bell 666. Oh, I thought right on. Is that what's that a handle? Everything? Yeah, that's that's pretty much across the board. So, yeah. Nice. You started that early. You were smart enough to nail all your handles down to one basic. (laughs) Right. Right. So, yeah, I figured just streamline it all, streamline it. So, but 666, is that still where we're at? I'm kind of surprised to hear that kind of hung around. It, it, it is, you know, and it's just it's more or less a uh, a, a system of beliefs, I guess, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, it's just it's 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 more like live life for yourself and and, and live how you want to live. But if accept the consequences, if if they come about and, uh, you know, take your last when they come you, about. Yeah, they've, they've come about a lot lately. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's just it's my way of thinking, I guess you can say. So, David, we were on season three, correct? Four. Season oh, four. four. Yeah. Oh, yes. You were on I'm season sorry. three. I was on season four and you were on back on season four. Yeah, that's when I broke down. You broke down too. your your back broke down on her. Oh, your yeah. Teeth. Yeah. Well, well, it was it was a lot more than that. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll start. With what was it? Back. It was. <laughs> um. Well, let's just say I had a little bit of a uh, an addiction problem. Uh, well, it was on the show and, um, you know, I was, I was making excuses for everything else except for what the real problem was, which was my addiction. But, um, you know, I was, I was trying to blame it on my back or my fucking teeth falling out or whatever. And, um, how did we get, how, how'd you, how'd you come to this addiction? What, what was it? Oh God. Um, it, uh, it was, it started out as a pill addiction, basically. Um, you know, yeah. what was oh, your favorite? Boy. Of uh, the little blue, little blue Betty's, the the fucking rock Viagra. No, no, those are good. I'm too. still addicted to them. Shit. <laughs> I'm I'm all about the Viagra now. I'm 50 years old, man. I got a fucking 30 year old <laughs> girlfriend, dude. It's woo. But um, <laughs> but um, no, it was um, you know, I I, I got into a motorcycle accident, and got hurt, and the doctors they put me on a, uh, you know, oxycotton, and uh, for pain mm, as needed, the tasty. 30 milligram roxy. So. Before I knew it, the doctors turned me into a fucking drug addict. Was and, 30 uh, the highest milligram you got to? No, I was on 80 milligram Oxycontins. And, so you uh, became a statistic in the, in one of these popular Netflix documentaries, right? I, now. I was one of those guys, yes. And um, yeah, they, Sackler they brothers had their way with you. Dude, they could have had their whole documentary on me. And um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it's like when I'm when I'm on the show, um, you know, it was it was. I, I basically brought enough pills for, you know, figure two months out there while we're shooting and whatever. And uh-huh. I did, uh, did uh, two months worth of pills in about <laughs> fucking a week. So here, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm filming a fucking TV show with no drugs. Right. Like, and then you just like your tolerance and your dependency just oh, went yeah. up through. the Oh, roof yeah. Too. You know. Oh, exactly. And, um, you know, so I'm sitting there and I'm. I'm fucking out there shooting and i ran out of my drugs so i had to make every other excuse of how to get more drugs because you know we couldn't leave the studio we couldn't leave set and um yeah so 
I had to do what I had to do. And um, so what'd you pull out a tooth? You went in the closet, pulled the tooth out, said, Hey, check it out. I'm bleeding. Pretty fucking much, man. Pretty fucking much. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it was bad, man. It was real bad. And it just got worse after that. So, so how, how long did it take to really get an idea that this was the problem and you needed to do something? Um, Oh God, I didn't realize that I needed to do something until about fucking three years ago. Um, <laughs> You know, it, 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 um, it, it, it took a while for me to realize that it well, was a problem. I blamed all everything right. else around me, all the people around me. I blamed all my right. ex-wife. I blamed my mom, my dad, fucking tattooing. I blamed fucking everything, you know? You must have had some life. money still then. Cause from what I know about addiction, it's not an addiction until you run out of money. Yeah. Addiction <laughs> <laughs> until you run out of money. Exactly. Right? It, pretty much. And, um, you know, until I mean, then, you're just eccentric. I'm just eccentric. <laughs> it's funny. I've never fucking thought of it that way. But um, yeah, man, it was you know because when we're after the show aired and everything, dude, dude I was busy. Man. I was making really good fucking money. Yeah. But you know, I I couldn't justify spending six hundred dollars a month on my prescriptions, right? But I could justify in my head spending five hundred dollars a day on heroin. So yeah. it went from prescriptions to. Oh God, yeah, it went because were you smoking it, it first or how were you taking the no, heroin? Well, I mean, oh the heroin, um I was snorting it at first and then I went from yeah. snorting it to um you know, smoking it from smoking it to shooting it to you know, I pretty much got it in my body every which way I possibly could. Once you go to shooting it, that's pretty much yeah, kind of just done, that's, right? That's kind, of the, that's kind of the pinnacle right there, you know. And I've always been an overachiever, so I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it the best I can. <laughs> well, I have heard those say, too, I mean, it more as far as economically, right? Well, that well, they realized yeah, I mean, at the point before, I mean, until they really started to slam it, as I hear it referred when you start to use it intravenously, you, know you really <laughs> were just wasting heroin at that point. It, it was, dude. And it's <laughs> like, you know, when I was, when I was smoking, and I'm like, okay, you know, I didn't really know better when I first started. And, um, when I first started, you know, smoking or whatever, it was, yeah, you know, I thought it was good, but then like started realizing, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like, I'm fucking burning all this shit. I'm not fucking getting all of it. You know, I figured if you're going to get high, get as high as you possibly can. So, you know, fucking because you're an overachiever. I am an overachiever. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it as best I can. So, yeah. Well, this led you down a path I'm guessing of destruction, but you don't um, sound like you're still destroyed. No, I mean, I've changed my life, man. I got clean and sober, um, you know, and uh, I, 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 I'm, it, it did lead down a path and um, it, it led to a very, very dark, dark place, man. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm the kind of guy, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. And, you know, at, at first I kind of romanticized drugs. I kind of romanticized the whole heroin thing. Right. And, uh, you Basketball know, Diaries, Heroin Chic. Yeah, you know, I was going to be Axel Rose even models. did it, didn't he? Fucking right. stars did. Fucking. Oh, God. Every, you know, and and that was that was the image that I had in my head when it first started. And um, yeah, it's not like that at all. It's really not. It's it's dark. It's dirty. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's fucking horrible. You fucking your health goes, your fucking money goes, your fucking life goes and just you lose everything, man. And it do you was, see it as a um? A, do you see addiction as a disease? Yes, absolutely, I do. And um, 
you I know. get some to argue with me on that. Um, and I used to argue until I found myself in a class and they went over the epidemiology right. of, of the addiction. And it certainly follows the same exact path, yeah. Uh, you know, of epidemiology that, that say a cancer would. It does. It does. And it, you know, and it, and it's just, it starts in you and it just, it consumes you. It fucking consumes you. And you spend every waking moment on how am I going to get drugs? How am I going to get more drugs? How am I going to get my heroin? How am I going to do this? And it just, it, it's so, it's so, it's scary. It's so sad. It's scary because it just, it takes your mind and it fucking twists it and it fucking just turns it into this thing. <laughs> Would you say that it's satisfying almost to chase that heroin high all day? And cause you've got, you really don't concern yourself too much else. Right? No, like you, you have one drive. You, Everything exactly. else is ancillary. Exactly. And you know, it's, my day used to be, I'd wake up in the morning and I thought about tattoos and I thought about what tattoos I had to do and I'd draw and da, 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 da. And that just became second, third to anything, you know, to the, mm -hmm. to the drugs. And it became, okay, I got to do this tattoo to make this money so I can make this money to go buy my dope. And then you go buy your dope so you can tattoo to make more money to buy more dope and just then tattooing's out the window and then you're fucking homeless in Texas living behind a 7-Eleven and doing God oh, knows shit. what money for fucking... Oh, dude, it, it got bad, bro. My life dude. in the span of one year went from fucking... You know, the show... Texas got them big roaches, too. <laughs> dude. <laughs> you know, I was, I, was, I was living in fucking... Um, I was living in Virginia when we did the show and when the show aired and I owned a successful tattoo shop and was married and had three stepdaughters and life was beautiful on the outside. And then, uh, within the span of one year, man, it went from that to, I was literally fucking homeless living behind a seven 11 with absolutely nothing. I lost ev like literally everything. The only thing I had was the clothes on my back right. and I was begging for change for fucking to buy drugs. And that was what life became, man. Did you, you know? do the, uh, the gas, the gas story. The what? Gas store. My family oh, yeah, locked no. in the car, ran out of gas. <laughs> no, um, no, I surprisingly didn't it, have it did. It can, I've been there a time or two, but it does work sometimes. It makes you it can make you creative. Right? It does. You dude, you get very fucking innovative, bro. Trust me. You learn how to do shit you never thought you would do in your entire life. You know, and then you go to jail and prison, and then you really learn how to do some shit. So Is that yeah. I mean, um, a lot is put on now the stigma of or, or de minimizing at least the stigma of being a junkie as it's right. considered. And actually even right. they're saying, you know, kind of don't say junkie because oh, that already has the stigma attached. Um, right. Do, did you have a hard time reaching out for help? And did you feel there was anything like uh, it was holding at, you back because first, you were scared of. Mm -hmm. at, at first I did because, you know, at the time, my ego was through the roof so you know it, it it was hard because i didn't want people to know that i was a drug addict you know i was still trying to hide it from everybody when everybody really fucking knew you know but in my mind nobody knew and um so i was trying to hide it from my parents from you know my my friends from loved ones you know girlfriends whatever and um 
it 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 so when your ego comes into play it it what am i trying to say this you know it is it is hard to you ask can't reach out for helps what they're no, saying you, and you and can't. i can imagine you know that i i follow because even if you you never start out like i'm gonna be a druggie right like or i'm right. gonna be a junkie is as the term mm-hmm. uh is stigmatized you know right but after a accident you find that this thing alleviates the pain and becomes right. a necessity right. and now that we understand heroin better too there was a study done in california i believe um where they found that the more you use obviously the more dependency you have but also the more tolerance you have but right. then also the least the less tolerance you have against pain so right. nicks and bruises hurt more now exactly. you know and pretty and, soon and yeah, you you stub your toe and you're like, oh, I'm gonna need an oxy for that, right? Because you know, right. it it literally hurts you more. It can really make you, like crutches can make you lame if you don't use them right, right? And and these drugs are the same and an easy progression to them, right? Hold on, hold on one second. Okay. I just have to send screenshot to Bill of what we talked about this morning. Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. Oh, I can still talk. Okay. Um, sorry, sorry. Something at work here. Um, oh, you're fine, brother. Is everything all right? Do we need to schedule no, no, anything? No, no, no. Or? no, no, no. Hi, pilots, Nora. We're, We're good. Word. How you doing? Nora is here, real quick. She wants to say hi to you. Hey. You know, <laughs> yes. The picture of us and and the other guy. Dude, I look so bad in that fucking Stop. poster. I don't mean to, like go off topic, but dude, I look like if Marilyn Manson and Chevy Chase and Dom DeLuise had a kid. Was- don't you love the people take pictures and they're like, let's check it to see if it looks good. They're going to look at one person to see how that person looks. And they'll be like, it's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look like you're smelling eggs or something, you know? Oh, yeah. You look great. Nora looks great. I look like a fucking tub of shit. He does not. He- yes, I do. No, you do not. Yes, I do. But um, back on topic. Um. You know, uh, speak a little bit closer to the. the oh, the sorry, sorry. sorry it's me doing audio change. What I need to she do. has to do one thing real quick for work on. The, okay. On the, right. on the thing we're using. Well, here. Hang tight. Talk. I'm 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 smoking right now. Anyways. So am I. <laughs> All right. So there's that. Okay. But I do. There's there's a few questions that some redditors have for us. Oh, absolutely. Don't want to get to. I think it's going to give you a bit of redemption time. I would absolutely love that because I have read some of the things that have been posted online. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, you're oh, obviously Lord. a racist or else you were born in 1988. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, no. But I, I was figuring that whatever racist racisms in the past there might have been, I'm guessing right. that's reconciled but, or Nora well, yeah, would kick you know, your I ass mean, pretty good, I'm betting. When I, when I was younger, okay, growing up like where I grew up in Southern California. Hold up. Let, oh. Let's wait on it, man. Let's save it. Can okay, all until right, until the audio is good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's because I already know, I know, brother, fucking right, shit, I know. Yeah. Um, it was easier to tattoo skinheads, you know, like you could get into it, like you, right. you could, if you tattooed one, you could tattoo others. I mean, right, and, uh, I, I wasn't necessarily affiliated in any way ever, but there was a certain amount of it that that's where I was getting my first machines from. was fucking yeah. hate crime pieces of shit well know? i mean you look back to like when we got into tattooing i mean it was still kind of at the end of that like bikery era of tattoo you know what i'm saying like when when yeah. when 
and when she, when it still was kind of you know tattooing was still kind of outlaw and kind of mm-hmm. dirty and it was gritty and you know not it was, when it was infiltrated by graphic artists. Oh my god, dude! Still I hate where tattooing artists. is. I can't. <laughs> And where tattooing is now. I love tattooing. I love it, but these guys are just too good for me to compete with. It. Dude, I want to go punch every one of these little fuckers in the face for being as good as they are. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been tattooing six months and, um, you know, I'm already a master of portraits and, uh, you know, blah, 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 because my skinny jeans and my beard look really fucking nice on, you know, and dude, uh-huh. I just I'm just them. listening to a podcast yesterday. A friend of mine, some, some friends of mine do called Tattoo Guardians. So it's a uh, Joshua Carlton, Matt Clemmer and hip. And I used you know, to work with fuck- Josh Carlton years ago. Years, you ago, know, the think. respect that these people. So anyways, they're 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 uh, talking about tattoos and they're going. You know, reviewing them, they're really showing some of their best. I'm not watching, so I can't see it. But then they start right. talking about this guy's portrait and how beautiful it is, and it's his first tattoo he's ever freaking done. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate that kid already, and I don't even know who it is. <laughs> it's one of their apprentices or something like that. So yeah. you used to work with Carlton though. How long ago was this? Oh God, this was years ago. It was very, very briefly. It was at the Enchanted Dragon in Tucson, Arizona. And um I remember he fucking, he showed me, he did this portrait. I think it was on his wife or his girlfriend or something. It was a Marilyn Monroe, I believe it was. And it was like done all in blue. And uh, seeing where that portrait was and where he is now. Oh my God, dude. The guy's leaps and bounds. He's such a badass tattoo artist, but. Definitely studied it. It was very, very briefly. Like year, I mean, God, this is 20, 20 something years ago. Something. Dude, we're considered old schoolers. Well, I mean, we kind of are now. I mean, we still have our our respect and our stories that we have to teach to the, right. the younger kids, you know, about those that we got a chance to meet. Um, right. In fact, I gotta I gotta try and schedule a podcast with Rick Cherry here afterwards. After I get That's off it. with you, um, he's an old timer that has yeah. like direct lineage. Back to, I believe it was John Waters or some shit, man. Really? <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, Philadelphia, wow. Eddie's gone. Kate's gone. Yeah, um, I know. And, and Crazy. man, you, did, did you get tattooed by um, Jack Rudy at one time? Or was that, uh, that, yeah. that was Long. actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I got a piece on my leg done by him years ago. God, dude, a hundred years ago. And um, it still looks as good as the day he did it. I mean. Yeah. You know, it was single needle or what? Yeah, he did. It It was all single needle work. And um, it's a little fucking one of his little skulls. And uh, yeah, God, that was a long fucking time ago. But yeah, I've been tattooed by him. Got tattooed by Horiyoshi. Oh, wow. Uh, been tattooed by who else have I been tattooed by? Big Jazz. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's funny, dude, because the racist He's tattoo that I got on my fucking forehead, the fucking 818 or 88 is everybody's. Yes, I'm supposed to ask you about that. I don't know if Candy's going to be able to salvage the audio, but Redditors were curious what yes. the 88 means. It, typically, it, it stands for Hail Hitler. Right. But you got tattooed by Brooklyn Jazz. Uh, and he did the fucking 818 on my forehead. So I'm oh, like, it's my, 818. It's 818 for, uh, it's where I lived in Southern California. Oh God! Eight one eight. It's this uh, zip code for the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> but how close does that look to? For oh yeah, distance? well no, it looks really close to an eighty-eight. <laughs> Way to go, had, Jazz! Did jazz know it. Undertones. 
But um, yeah, it's funny because the most racist tattoo that people say I have was done by a big old black dude. And um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Kind of, I kind of chuckle at it, but you know, apparently, okay, I, I figured they must have seen something that I didn't because because uh, no. well, I thought it, it must have been an eighty-eight there, and I know a lot of people have some past. It and, it, it it does, and, and it is an eighty-eight with a and well, it's eight one eight is what it is, but. If you look at it, it looks like 88 with a lightning bolt in the middle. So, yeah, it can kind of be misconstrued as a as an 88, I guess. What are you, you keeping it? What are you doing? Does, does um, it you know what? I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in don't cover up your shit, you know, for the most part, you know, because tattoos are memories, dude. Tattoos are yeah. a, it's, it's a moment in time that that we can look back on and. You know, it, it for me. Well, that, it's on your face too. I dare say tattoos are also a feng shui for your life direction. And oh right? no, man, if that's keeping you from getting a grant uh, no, or a student I mean, it, loan. Well, it's up. It's actually on my forehead, like right where my hairline is. So if my hair's growing out, you can't see it. Um. So like right now, I got you know hair, so you can't right. can't see it. But when my head's shaved and. You know, there's a big 88 on my 818 on my forehead. <laughs> you can kind of see it. Well, your your sponsor is black. Am I am I mistaken? My what? Nora is is, is maybe she's not your sponsor. No, Nora's the, my the, best friend and my roommate. Okay, and, yeah, and she's black. Yes, yeah. it it kind of dispels a certain amount of um. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, and and I and and I was adopted, and my whole family's Hispanic. Um, so there's that, you know, and, um, no, I'm not a racist, but do I mean, you feel, did, were you addicted personality prior to, uh, the Oxycontins? Yes. Yes. I've, I've always had kind of an addictive personality. I mean, look at, you know, I, I, I didn't just get one tattoo. Look at me. I mean, look at me, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've always had an addictive personality and, um, you know, I don't think I ever really realized what an addictive personality was until the drugs came into play. But, um, yeah, no, I've, I've absolutely always had an addictive personality. 100%, you know, and uh, what kind of, uh, you were adopted to a Hispanic family. What kind of neighborhood did you grow up in community? Um, I grew typically up in, there's a, there's a pretty strong Hispanic kind yeah, of community. A lot of times I in the mean, family, my, 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 the, our family itself is a very, you know, your typical, like, dude, everybody now lives within like two miles of each other. And, you know, oh, it, they're very close knit. And, um, but in Texas up, or Virginia, no, 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 or my, where? no my family's uh, actually, I'm from California originally. Okay. From, yes. Like Los Angeles area. Yeah. 818. Exactly. And, um, you know, so I, I moved out of my house at a very, very young age, um, and kind of went out on my own. Um, when I was like 16 and um, but uh, so growing up, I grew up very like, I would say upper middle class, I guess you could say. Um, but, you know, cause my dad was in retail and he always, he managed like big, you know, retail stores. And so we kind of moved around quite a bit on the West coast, but um, my family itself. How is, is it? They, they, they go to the, so a Hispanic family goes to the adoption agency. 
and they're right. looking at the kids in the cages like a bunch of pound puppies or something. <laughs> they look at cute like, little David little Bell over there, <laughs> and they're like the one that looks like he struggles with the sunshine. We, we... <laughs> exactly. No? You know, I was scratching on the glass nicely, and they they liked the way that I came up and played with them. You know, when they first no, did got they there. know your family? <laughs> Uh, that you were your family was in need, or no? Or uh, well, what it happened was my, through an agency, yeah. It, back, this was back in the 70s, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 50, 50 now, but um, when uh, when I was adopted, my biological mom was 15, and my biological dad was like 22, something like that. Um, oh god, yeah, oh yeah, man, and um, you know, so I'm kind of figured there's a little bit of a backstory there, but mm-hmm. um, you know, my uh, Apparently, my biological mom, I don't know her, I don't know her name or anything like that, but um, she wanted me to be, she gave me up for adoption, and she wanted me to be adopted by a nice Catholic family, is like mm-hmm. her stipulation on it, I guess, or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. my mom, I guess, she couldn't have kids, and so her and my father were looking for a while, for a few years, for a son or a daughter, whatever, and um, yeah, when... uh you know, I came about when I came on the market, um, <laughs> it took, I mean, I guess they were, they, they were trying to get me or however you put it, they were buying me or whatever. Um, right. it took them, it took them a couple of years to get me because, because I guess, you know, there was, I don't know how it works, but I guess something came up and, you know, they were like, Oh, well, we got this, you know, nice little kid for, a nice Catholic family and you guys are a nice Catholic family. So here you go. So yeah, they okay. paired us together. And I guess yeah, it's kind of weird. Like a fine that. wine. And yeah, you know, like they were the steak and I was the wine and, you know, so it was, it was, you know, I guess, yeah, it took them a couple of years to get me, but uh, yeah, I guess, you know, was there, was do you think uh, that there was this uh, separation kind of pain or, uh, or trauma that was from that, that was eased with, your addiction or your addictive personality? I, you know, I actually, I wonder about that a lot. Cause you know, I wonder was my biological mom and an addict was my dad, an addict, you know? Um, so I'm thinking that there was some addictive tendencies in either one of them, but, um, you know, like growing up, it was never, uh, it, it was never like, I, I always knew as far back as I can remember, I, I knew that I was adopted and it was never like a thing to me. It was just kind of like, eh, whatever, right you know, but, um, yeah, some you know, people are adopted, some people ain't. Yeah, and, you know, some people, like, I guess when they're adopted, they have, you know, an issue with it. You know, it, it fucks them up, you know, because mm-hmm. they never knew their parents or whatever. And for me, it was never like that, you know. My my mom and dad are my mom and dad, you know. And um, we had a, you know, um, there was, you know, abuse and alcoholism in my dad. But, um, you know. This is I typical know. Catholic family, ain't it? Yeah, you know. It's almost you mandatory, no? Or... Say, I'm sorry, you're forgiven, <laughs> and then you go home and beat your kids the rest of the week. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the priest touched the little kids and all kinds of things. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, it, it was, you know. No, that's not going on at your church, right? No. You're not getting rubbed and touched by the. by the. No. Were, I just, were you, you feeling know, bad about that? Were you like, what about I, me? You know, well, well, when I was an altar boy, you know, the priest did ask me to come by on, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays for the special, special lessons. And, um, are you serious or are you kidding? No, me? I'm totally <laughs> fucking kidding, dude. <laughs> no, no, no priest ever touched me. Um, what do you, are was, you still Catholic? What do you have faith now? Six, six, six implies. Oh, do I have faith? No. Um, 
I, I don't really believe in, in God. And, How and, do you uh, do the 12 steps without that? I, that it is, it is kind of rough. Well, I mean, you know, in the 12 steps, it's, it's, it's your, it's the power that you, that your own power, whatever you, whatever you want your power to be, Determine you know, it to be higher. Yeah, power. Some people, some people, you know, look to God. Some people look to fucking a pizza. Some people look to <laughs> Ronald McDonald's or God. I mean, whatever. You right. know? Well, I had a guy explain to me a rock could be, uh, better than him because that rock wasn't addicted it was here before right. him. it was going to be here after him he has some faith in it because it will always be a rock even if you break it up it's the same fuck it's dust from that rock so he was it's able to use it. some kind of higher power i guess in that right and i, I mean i look at my higher power is you know is, as as me i guess you can say because I'm the one that's going to make my changes for me. You know, I'm the one that's going to do this. I'm the one that did this to myself. You know, it, it all kind of falls back on me, I guess, you know, Man, as, I, as, that's why I like the Jesus. Cause I can just blame it all on Satan. Like Satan, <laughs> right? That fucking asshole. That made me He's always it. working on me. Not today, <laughs> Satan. So, yeah. but, um, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, when like the 12 steps and in, in, in that it's, it's, you know, it's for me, for me, it's, I don't really have like a higher power as like a, I don't have like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a fucking, like a talisman. I don't have something like I look up to and say, that's my higher power. My higher power mm. for me is, you know, myself, I guess you could say. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I like, I mean, I'm not against, I, I kind of have a belief we're all the same. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, same stardust or whatever whatever unique or even maybe it's not so unique, but whatever it is, we all share that. And certainly right. in, we, we, we all meet the same end, you know, nobody skips the line. We all, so at least inside of that humanity, I know we have some shared and uh, right. I don't know. That gives me some kind of faith. Like, right. Do you believe in God and Jesus? And I mean, I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus walked this earth. Yes. And I believe that he did you know, mm. some crazy things, but I think he was a really good, <laughs> and then a good soapbox salesman, you know, and, or a snake oil salesman. And, um, well, just like the 12 steps, um, yeah. I find sometimes we can choose to believe and I meet Christians right. in, in America. It's like 65% still, I think uh, right. I meet Christians who choose parts of the Bible they want to follow and they don't adhere to others. The truth of the matter is if you're a devout Christian, you probably need to turn your fucking TV off and try not (laughs) to look at billboards. Right. They are designed lustfully. Right. Exactly. Exactly. If they work on you at all, it's because they've appealed to one of the basis instincts inside of you that right. excited your gluttony or greed or your lasciviousness yeah and so with that kind of context and where people kind of just choose to be like whatever i mean sundays you know the god's day but there's you know i also like my football right. um and it's almost more important you know well we want to leave the church early because well, i i've decided i can i can believe and i can right. have faith because if it be- benefits me, then why the fuck not? And True. if in a conversation we come to a point where somebody's going to hold their moral judgments over top of me and mm-hmm. never give me uh, 
my due process to defend myself because of whatever, right. then I would certainly just be like, yeah, no, I'm a Christian. And so right. I started a church, the Church of Jesus Christ with Faith to Follow. You're all welcome to join it. Uh, it's pretty nice so far. I'm pretty sure we get we get tax free property. <laughs> Not exactly how it all works, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty positive it is. And you see, it's the Church of Jesus Christ with Faith to Follow. If we do this Jesus Christ stuff and right. it seems to work, then, of course, we're going to have faith. And right. it worked for me right away because I found out I started reading the Bible and in the Bible, it starts talking about tithing. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Yes. But you're supposed right. to give 10 percent of your weekly income to, to the church. church. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I started this church and I'm a pastor. And so I realized I would really only need 10 people to follow me and to follow the tenets of Christ. And those people would make enough for me just to write a sermon all week long. And damn, it better be a good one. Right. <laughs> and now here's what happened. Every day I go into Walmart, whatever, to do my shopping, buy my BVDs or whatever. And I look at people and the guy's like, hello, welcome Walmart. I'm like, ah, fuck you. You know, whatever, dude. And I look at people <laughs> and they're, we're almost competing for the same resources. I'm like, oh, there's not so many Star Wars towels left. I'm grabbing those, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. There's a weird competition. But right. After this happened, I walk through the star, star uh, the Walmart and the guy greets me. And he says, hey, welcome to Walmart. And I think you could give me 10% of your income. Yep. And immediately my faith in humanity rose. A smile <laughs> was on my face. And I thought, there's something to this faith shit. Right. You so, can make some money doing this. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and if it if if that's the way the Lord rewards my faith, well then so far I'm keeping walking with him. If he doesn't pay pan out, then you know Buddha, the fucking Muhammad's, I don't know, whoever we gotta go to. We'll we'll pick another one, but currently but one of these guys is going to make me get some money. <laughs> well, he's going to benefit my life. There's another exactly. thing I know. You watch the UFC, right? No. He's, no. Well, you watch it for conversation's sake. I'll say yes. Okay. <laughs> Guy right. gets done beating the shit out of his opponent. Points up to to Allah, and he right. says, "You know, all praise be to Allah." Mm -hmm. And then another dude on another day, he beats the shit out of his opponent, and he says, "You know, God." Right. All praise goes to God. Right. And you think, well, I mean, really? Right. How could it be? Right. If, if God's the one that helped you win today, buddy, if he's the one that was the final, final determining factor and he's the one that deserves all glory, then how come it's Allah on another day? Right. Well, inside of America, it's just better to be Christian. So. I don't know. That's where I wake up and butter my bread on. <laughs> so I wake up and butter my bread on. It, 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 you know, there's a curiousness on. there, you know, about about which it would be. And to me, I imagine that if everybody picks and chooses the parts of the Bible they want to believe, anyways. And it, here's what I I just found this out. Did you know that God used to have a wife? Really? God. Yeah. God. Like the like foot. Wait, God, wait, wasn't God a woman in the Bible? Right? No, he's like he's well, man. Yeah. Like we imagine, he has a penis because man's created in his image, and woman's made out of a rib. Right. But it's just okay. Going so God had a wife. 
God had a wife, like was written out of the Bible under the reign of Josiah. If I'm, if I'm familiar, if I'm getting that was name, God right. an actual ever a, a physical person. Well, have you ever no, read I mean, like Exodus okay. and, and Genesis? Right. Cause like, yeah, he came down and he was like, he appeared to um, Abraham, Most Abraham. Yeah. But then I, th- I felt like later on in the Bible, we get the understanding that you cannot view his continence. Exactly. So he must have taken a form so that he could commune with Abraham in the middle of the desert and say, hey, build some altars. I'm going to give you a, mini, a bunch of children. And it's right. going to suck for them for 400 years. <laughs> like, whoa, hey, dude. People in the Bible lived a long time. It wasn't like, you know, average age, like 130. There, there's some weird stuff in the Bible. There, about there that. is. There well, is. I mean, I think the math was meant to be done so it could fit inside of archaeological finds. Right. So they're like, oh, well, if because all, all people since pretty much time are pretty much recorded in there, right? Up to a right. point. Right. And so then we start to find out the earth is way fucking older than we thought. Right. <laughs> and so they started stretching lifespans out. I th- that My understanding of it was they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's because Moses was 762 years old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now everything checks out. Carbon dating be damned. <laughs> The timeline works now. We yeah, things. Out. Um, the the whale that ate Jonah wasn't right. a whale. It was a leviathan. It was just a monster from the deep. Back then, we just thought there was lurking monsters from the deep, and the idea that one of them could swallow and eat you and spit you back out just made sense. I mean, it don't make no fucking sense. There ain't no, no beast in right. the fucking world that you get down inside of that fucking gutty works and you don't start dying. You know. Right. Um. And 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 live for three days, right? While he swims around, yeah, <laughs> like some it's like really it's that big, yeah. And and I guess the same with with uh the with God having a wife and then her being written into it to then cast her in a bad light and also old references to her being written out during the king's reign. It gets you the idea that maybe this information wasn't so um. Maybe it was divinely inspired, but you know, when I do a tattoo inspired on somebody's idea, it is not their exact idea. No, never is. And so if it's going through the hand of man, then it must have some changes. Okay. I begin to think that those guys in that UFC, when they, when they have, when they show me that they praised to two different guys, but they both had enough faith that it woke them up in the morning and they fucking trained like goddamn beasts. You know what I mean? Right. Like with a faith beyond my own capability. Well, if I can harness that faith, then I'm better off. That's what okay. I think. So maybe I, I work. I, I just say, yeah, I have this faith. I do have this faith in the fact that we are all from the same material. Right. Even if that does that imply a God kind of, you know, does that, I don't know that we're not God. You understand that you yourself are the determining factor in your choices, in your habits that make you, in your, in your behaviors that make you. But that would come down to like free will because you, you, you choose to do those things. I mean, I don't know. Well, that makes you God over that. I don't know. I I, I think we all kind of, if God there's a lot of the Bible that don't make sense to me. And, yeah. and one of the parts that don't make sense is how boring heaven seems. And it doesn't make sense that God would give you this life of 
of learning and pursuit and passion, you know, where, where the ones that are rewarded are the ones that follow pursuit and, and freedom and passion. Right. You know, I shouldn't I think say heaven will be a pursuit, little bit more exciting. Yeah. And then you just like, okay, now you just kick back and, re- and relax. G. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing really to do. You don't have pain anymore. So you don't really experience happiness anymore. To be honest, you just have a constant medium. If, if you're always like running super high, pain, there's no, without pain, you, have, you wouldn't know joy. Yeah. You wouldn't know What's the joy. reference? Yeah. Just so if you don't one have constant pain, that's true, dude. Wow, boring dude. ass hum. Yeah. <laughs> of white light, you know, just lulling you to sleep like an infant. It's got to be that this is a, if that were, if God exists, right, then he would have to be, this would have to be a test because the fucker could have made us gods. True. Um, according to the play Lord Byron uh, that wrote called uh, Cain and Abel. No, just, just Cain, which right. was a story about Satan walking with Cain and explaining some shit to him like, hey, I'm not the bad guy. I'm just the one that loses. Right. God's got the pen. The most powerful one's got the pen. I can't beat him. He writes the story. But he could have made you just as strong as he is. Right. But he didn't. But he didn't. So I don't know. There's a, if, if he's a benevolent God, then my answer to the reason he made us with the flaw of death and mortality is uh to learn something and if we're to learn something then it makes sense to me that there's something else that that knowledge will be applied to next and that's going to be way more awesome even than this and this has been pretty awesome you know right i I think life life is a life's a beautiful thing it really is it's it's i don't know i agree Certainly, I, I, and, and you have to kind of go low to even be able to see that sometimes, right? And and it took me, it took me going, you know, kind of like change the subject a little bit, but it was like, you know, it, it people look at life, like our life, you know, our physical lives or whatever, as just, you know, so many people get down on it. And just, oh, I hate my life, or I, you know, whatever this or that. Life is such a beautiful thing. And it took me dying or it took me, you know, overdosing or living that fucking shitty life to appreciate the things that we have now. You got an OD under your under your belt there? I got three. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. This is after uh, um attempts to quit as well. Um, or just one- this is all on the same spiral. It, it kind of always, I didn't really attempt to quit until somewhat recently, I guess you could say in the past, in the, in the span of things somewhat recently, because um, I've been sober for almost two years now. And, um, Congrats. you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it was the best, best thing I could have ever done in my life. But um, it, uh, um, no, my first overdose was, oh God, um, probably about a year into the in my heroin um how'd you come out of it um emt kind of stuff yeah i woke up and the the emts were there and um i remember i was actually telling this story to somebody today um and i was in texas and uh fucking i remember my friend because i couldn't whenever i shot up i couldn't find a fucking i could never find fucking veins so i had to have somebody shoot me shoot me up and um it was a mixture of heroin, cocaine, and meth. And, uh, oh, 
Oh yeah, dude. That's what fucking, we call the old speedball right there. Oh, yeah, it? it was like God jerking off in your veins, dude. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> That's and everything like, all at once. Yeah, dude. And um, <laughs> I remember she, oh, fucking, she, she found a vein in my fucking toe. And she fucking, I remember, I remember her pushing in the fuck, getting, hitting the vein, pushing in the syringe. And I just, I remember fucking telling her, this is fucking amazing. And then I don't remember anything after that. Um, And then I woke up and I fucking remember like just sitting up like alert and looking around me. And uh, I remember seeing there was like four or five EMTs there. There was like three police officers. It wasn't amazing anymore. No. And my friend was standing there in front of me and they all just had this look of like, what the (laughs) fuck just happened? I mean, like they, it like you like they saw a ghost like it because i guess i was dead i guess i flatlined mm-hmm. and um then i People came were back freaking out around you where they they're pumping on your chest i'm guessing yeah that. dude listen to, you sore? listen to this so i mm-hmm. wake i come to and everybody's like looking at me like they just saw a ghost because they did just see a guy die and i sit yeah. up and I'm fucking, <laughs> i look at him and i'm like what the fuck just happened and i'm like looking at everybody really confused and my friend and I remember my chest was, oh, it hurt so bad. Like oh, it hurt yeah. to breathe. And my yeah. face hurt. My face fucking was killing me. And come to find out that my friend, when I fucking, when I, after she fucking gave me the injection, I fucking started fucking going out. She was giving me, she was sitting on top of me and she was fucking pushing on my chest so hard. She cracked my sternum. Yeah. And she fucking pissed herself because she was pushing so hard. <laughs> fucking my shirt was all wet. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, she fucking pissed all over me, uh-huh. cracked my sternum, and she was punching me in the face so hard oh, to wake you up. That's why she your face fucked my jaw, dude. And she's like, I was sitting there fucking hitting you as hard as I could, and you weren't moving. <laughs> you were just fucking. Blocked. Well, stop! It's not working. God, dude, <laughs> you ever <laughs> heard of an open hand slap? <laughs> Take some pimp lessons. You don't right? want to damage your product. Powder up the fucking hand first. But yeah, man, she was fucking <laughs> sitting there. She was pushing on my chest so hard. She fucking like cracked my sternum. The fucking EMTs were like, yeah, your sternum is probably fucked up. Yeah. So they take me to the fucking hospital, right? And I fucking. Smelling like piss. They don't change your clothes my, or they cut you out of them. I got my shirt on and my fucking broke jaw. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the fucking hospital. And I remember my friend, because she didn't, I guess they didn't know my name at this point or who I was. And, mm-hmm. um. Because I didn't have idea of fucking yeah. you know, John fucking Doe, unresponsive, can't yeah. trust a word coming went, out of your mouth, anyways. And my friend wouldn't tell him who I was because she didn't want, you know, well, snitches I, get stitches. Good, good honor. <laughs> you know, I, I think I had a warrant or something. She didn't want me to fucking go to jail or she didn't want right. me fucking like ruining my TV name or some shit like that. So, fucking, okay. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm in the hospital and I remember my fucking phone rings and I pick up my phone. And it was my friend. She's like, you got to get out of there right fucking now. She's like, they found out who you were. And I think they're running your name and they're going to come fucking arrest you or something like that. Mm. And so I was, I'm in the hospital. And I got the fucking little sticky things all over my chest and shit. And yeah. Fucking, dude, I remember, like I stood up, I pulled the fucking IV out, pulled all the fucking um, sticky fucking thingies off me and yeah. fucking took the fuck off, dude. Out of like a movie, off. right? Like like like, like some dramatic scene in a movie where a guy's about to chase his, his fiance down to the airport. No, exactly. she's leaving where? And my friend she's like, we're out, she's like, we're outside waiting for you. So I'm like, fucking, I run out the fucking hospital. I'm fucking, I'm at the wrong end of the hospital. I'm fucking standing. I'm like, these motherfuckers are not outside waiting for and me. You're in your gown. I mean, you don't have clothes. Well, I'm no, guessing. my clothes were sitting next to me on the chair. Okay. 
and um and uh, officers weren't stand by obviously no there was nobody no the cops were no I thought, cri- okay no, no cop, crime was nothing. really committed right they came except that you were just a, a you know overdose yeah and uh um, junkie but yeah so i fucking remember I fucking ran out dude and i'm like she's like we're here waiting for you and i ran to the wrong side of the fucking hospital like an idiot mm. so i'm standing out there fucking looking around and there's nobody there and so yeah then i had to go run into the woods and yeah, <laughs> did you text yeah. him from the woods there like yes i'm like i'm over fucking shit. over on the back side of the hospital the wrong side and yeah come get me so they came and got me and we got pancakes and then how much longer till the next because honestly that's what we would call in uh in narcotics anonymous we would call that that that's a wake-up call how much well, that, that time passed till your next wake-up call that right there was supposed to be in you know my rock bottom because that would be most people's rock bottom yes yes that would be a significant rock bottom you literally yeah. are wearing someone else's piss when you got out of the gown you got yeah. back they didn't wash your clothes for you no 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 they, they don't have laundry service there um, no, no I, you I you I, got into piss clothes i i got out of my piss clothes into my nice comfortable gown then i had to get out of my comfortable gown back into my piss clothes and um you know Man, you know you're low uh at lifestyle when you're thinking that one of them hospital gowns is comfortable <laughs> When you think your jail <laughs> jumpsuit is more comfortable than what you were wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like it. Problem. I don't know what you're talking about, man. That's right. One but piece. <laughs> yeah, dude. And but see that you know what you would think that that's most people's rock bottom. And but mm-hmm. no. No, Remember, you I'm say still, you did it twice more. I am an overachiever. I'm not just gonna do it once. I'm gonna do it again and again. So um no, that wasn't rock bottom for me. That was just like a a a bump. Um so yeah, I went and got pancakes after that, and then um, I went back and got high again, and just kept on the same path and didn't learn from that lesson. Nothing. And you think now, it took a couple of weeks, couple of months, or years even what? of that until you uh, had another overdose? Yeah, um, it was about another oh god, probably about six months before I had another overdose. Okay. Um, Almost and, some time. Uh, I would have figured it would almost exponentially pick up. And then I'm guessing the one after that was less than six months. Yes. The one after that was pretty close. My third one was right after my second one. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I, kind of, I like almost Nikki sixed at that time and just fucking, you know, heroin. You start killing you and fucking <laughs> what's that? I'm guessing that you start having almost and you said you romanticized a lot of the heroin addiction right. you probably start to romanticize the death part of it too exactly you do and you know because at the time it was like you know i um, i gave up on life dude i gave up on fucking everything i gave up on trying i gave up on you know trying to get sober i gave up on fucking love i gave up on tattooing i gave up on fucking i gave up on everything man i really did food no i didn't give up on food i'm not stupid um, really I most most junkies you know most like... junkies, dude i was the fattest fucking junkie you'd ever see <laughs> <laughs> i still love to fucking eat dude were you but, dumpster um, diving or, or were you were you just hustling that little bit more for the no, food? No, I, I mean, I, yeah, I did my fair share of dumpster diving. We wait out behind restaurants at night for them to throw out food. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I seen a, a guy in that. um California, homeless guy, meth head, had to be. I mean, you can just tell, right? I'm, I'm right. not trying. And maybe I guess I'm making the stigma worse. 
when I say that. But this person, uh, he was a human. He has humanity, but right. uh, he has lost a lot of it. And he get, yeah. he found some um, French fries that somebody had thrown away in the trash. And it was like yeah. a happy day. He starts dancing around about yeah. it. And he's going through their ketchup and used his finger to lick up the last bit of ketchup. Somebody else was dipping in their stuff. Yeah. And you were just like, and when he was done, you could there was this pleasantness on his face like he felt like he had just done his duty for his body and now he could go take care of his head his addiction you know yeah. i was like I all never, right off to get meth <laughs> i i i guess i was kind of bougie for being a homeless guy because i mean i never i mean i i ate some pretty pretty bad stuff but never like somebody's leftovers that was in the garbage never <laughs> never that like that never at that point I would steal right. my food before I had to do that, you know, and, right. um, you know, I still liked my food to be somewhat fresh or just mine, basically. Even um, as a tattoo artist, I, I'm, I think it's our, we just eat cold food. So yeah. He's tattooing at a convention. You're just like, yeah, that yeah, I mean, salmon was good when it was warm, huh? You know, <laughs> how many fucking cold pizzas have you eaten and fucking, yeah, as a tattoo artist, dude, you never really get like, you know, especially when you're working in a shop and you're busy, it's like you'll order lunch or you'll get lunch and they'll sit there for fucking two hours for you to finish up before you eat it. And, All right. yeah, you, and you have your Thai food cold and you just yeah. get used to it. Like I, I feel at least I've developed a cold food palate. A lot of times I, I was taking yeah, it out of the I, fridge now instead of not, warming it up in the microwave. Anyways, it's like that's all the same. I still can't do leftovers. Fucking leftovers freak me out for some reason. I don't know. And, and this, even when you were addicted, yeah. Oh, you didn't have a refrigerator. What am I talking about? No, no. I mean, I, I, I would, I would, you know, there'd be times where I just wouldn't eat. I'd rather do my drugs and fucking eat. I got $10 because I spent, spent more heroin or fucking food. And I'd spend. Okay. See, that's what I mean. Food, you, you, you give oh. up on it. What about, um, where were you staying at? Uh, you on the, were you on the streets or you, you crashing um, at people's places? Well, here, the story, like, you know, how it goes when I was in, cause I moved to Texas. Um, and then I became homeless in Texas. And that's where, when I moved to Texas is when things really fucking started going shitty. And, um, you know, I lost my, I moved out there for a job to tattoo. And, um, you know, at this time I'm a, I'm still a functioning working tattooer with a bad right. addiction. So, yeah. you know, I was still able to cover up my addiction for a little bit here and there. But so when I moved to Texas, you know, as a drug addict, you rule of thumb is you never move more than 10 miles from your fucking dealer. And when I moved from, uh, okay, at that point, I went from Virginia to Arizona. I was in Arizona. I moved from Arizona to Texas. Um, when I got to Texas, I didn't know anybody out there. I didn't know any dealers. I didn't know uh, anybody. So, you know. You hit the streets. What do you do? Yeah. You, know, well, you, you, you got to try and confide in somebody at work, but then they know about your habit. Exactly. And, um, you know, so I couldn't say anything to any of the people at work. So when I moved to Texas, I moved to Fort Worth and, um, I was working right there by the stockyards. And, uh, so I remember it was like my first week at the shop towards the end of the week. And I ran out of dope that I brought with me. So now it's like, fuck, I got to find some dope. So I remember telling the people that I was working with, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go grab some lunch. And I just kind of took off walking. And, um, I basically went walking until I found like a hood? The, 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 uh, yes. I'm trying to figure out how to put it like nicely. I, I found the, uh, 
most unpleasant corner for people to go to in the yeah. area. And for me, that was the most pleasant corner I could find. <laughs> I was and, like, um, this is what I was looking for. Dude, I literally, I remember I had a fucking 150 bucks in my pocket and I walked in this. I, I remember seeing the fucking, there was a liquor store and there's people hanging out front. And I walk over there and they just, they look at me like, who the fuck are you, dude? You were in the wrong place. And I'm right. like, I'm no, looking, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm sick and I'm looking to get some, get high. And you told, um, you said sick or not? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, like you're I'm basically sick. like, they know. you know, well, I just, at first I said, you know, Hey, I'm looking to score. And the guy's like, okay. man, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. And I just looked at him and I'm like, dude, I just moved here. I'm fucking dope sick and I need to get fucking well. Can you help me out? And he just looks at me and I guess he saw the pain in my eyes or something. Right. He's like, come with, he's like, come with me. <laughs> so I fucking he's this, either, guy. this guy's a good actor. He's yeah, getting an dude. Oscar, man. I'm, the, I'm, or... I'm thinking to myself, I'm either going to walk around this corner and get fucking shot and robbed or I'm going to get dope. So basically and I follow either this. one was, 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 was fine for you. huh? Either one at that point was fine because if I get shot, I'm fucking the pain's over with. And if I fucking get dope, then the pain's over with. So either way I'm fucking scorned. And dude, dude takes me around the fucking corner and he fucking, we literally do. We walk through this series of trap fucking houses, things, abandoned fucking houses, fucking scary shit. Dude, like most people go, what the fuck am I doing? The fourth or fifth turn in there, you're like thinking about walking back. And Yeah. yeah, you're going deeper into it. Like, like dude, there's a sign is, above it that says abandon all hope ye who enter or some shit. Yeah, exactly, dude. And it's like that movie Candyman when they would go up into Cabrini Green and they're fucking walking through the fucking those rooms. That's what it was like, dude. And I'm, we're okay. walking through this series of fucking like abandoned houses that you can tell are just fucking crack houses. Right. And dude, like I've at this point in my addiction, I've never experienced anything like this. So I'm trying to like use my tough guy persona and be like, okay, I'm not scared in my mind. I'm going, fuck dude. I'm, I'm, uh, this is fucking, this is not right. Right. Anyway, dude takes me to this fucking, we walk through these houses and then we cross through this fucking like dirt alleyway. And we walk up to the back of this one fucking house and dude knocks on the fucking window. Other dude opens up the window and fucking he, he's like, they kind of whisper back and forth. Da, da, da. Mm. And he's guy looks at me. He's like, how much money you got? I'm like, I got 150 bucks. He's like, give it to me. Sure, Mr. I'm trusting. Here, $150. And fucking dude hands me a fucking a, a gram. Well, it was, it was basically like a gram and a half of fucking black tar heroin. So At it was heroin, point, though. Did you have any idea what it was going to be coming back? It could have been crack, meth, cocaine. Well, no, I told him that I needed fucking dope. Or, you know, okay. I needed heroin. So he right. knew, he knew okay. what I was needing. But see, at this point, too, on the East Coast, it's it's mainly powder heroin out here on the West coast. It's all fucking tar heroin. So he hands me this fucking lump of, it looks like a melted Tootsie roll. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? You know, I didn't know how to fucking use it at that point. I didn't know how to use that kind of know how to mix fucking tar heroin. I didn't know how to cook it down or nothing. Right. And so I'm looking at it and he's like, you know, there you go. And I'm like, fucking, what do I do with this? And he's like, that's your fucking heroin. So basically, I had to kind of figure out at that point how to get said fucking heroin in my hand into my fucking into your body. Needle. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, I didn't have a needle at this point. I haven't shot up at this point. I've only fucking snorted it. And fucking, so we're walking back, and I'm like asking this fucking my new uh, toothless friend here, what do I do with this? How do I get this in me? And fucking, he's like, you can fucking shoot it, or you can fucking, 
you know, this or that. And he's like, you can smoke it. And I'm like, well, how do I smoke it? And fucking, he tells me how to smoke it. With some tinfoil so, or something? Yeah. So then at that point, I spent all my money on dopes. So and now I got to get fucking supplies. So yeah. I had to go into the fucking Walgreens. I ended up stealing a roll of fucking aluminum foil, uh, fucking pen so I could make a fucking straw and fucking da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And then I'm walking out. I'm like, I'm stealing this stuff. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, how am I going to fucking explain if I get fucking arrested for stealing aluminum foil and fucking some big pens, you know? <laughs> I can't explain that one. But um, so, anyways, <laughs> so I figured out fucking anything you know, I've taken. I fucking put on foil and I smoked it. And just i remember How, the fucking then this is it, on a lunch break though yes it's a, this is all within the span of about an hour and a half and um because oh, luckily the fucking the new dealer that i found my new best friend it was only about three blocks from where the fucking tattoo shop was at so right. um you know when you, you didn't have to go far no i didn't have to go far and, and when you when you when you start taking drugs when you start snorting it and then you fucking go to smoking it when you when you do it a different way it affects your body differently so okay. when i when i started smoking it it was a lot more intense than when i was snoring it before and now this also right. heroin is a lot more intense so now i'm at my new job because the other stuff you had probably had cut on it if it was powder yeah, is that right yeah yeah exactly and so well now i'm at my new job and i'm smoking it so now i'm like taking naps a lot at work and um you know, I was nodding out all the That's fucking- a telltale sign of a pill head right there. Oh, yeah. as an owner. So it lasted about another fucking four or five days of me being at that job before I got shit canned from that place right. for fucking being high. So now right. it's like, fuck. Now everybody knows. Now, you know, they know I'm a fucking junkie. Everybody at the shop knows I'm a junkie. And fucking It'll I got shit canned the from the job. Town. Yeah, dude. So it's like, you know, I couldn't get a job anywhere else because I'm a junkie now. And I don't want to leave the fucking my new drug neighborhood. So I just end up <laughs> because you can't move too too far from your dealer. Exactly. You just got one. Exactly. So I got oh a new fucking I got my new fucking dealer. And <laughs> dude, I remember you know what the fuck guy's nickname was that I fucking met? His name was Hotshot. And you would think that when you meet a fucking dude named Hotshot on a corner, he's probably not gonna be the best friend for you to have for a while. Yeah. So, Most you know friends you meet on a corner. Yeah. No yourself, <laughs> kids. Do not meet friends on corners. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. so I ended up fucking just, you know, that's, that's where I became homeless, man. And that and there was Fort some Worth, other Texas. things. That, what's that? Fort Worth, Texas, yeah. Fort Worth, and there Texas. was a series of other things that just, and that's the point where I just gave up, dude. And I just fucking just let my addiction take over. And, uh, you know, so I'm living in Fort Worth for a while. And um, I get a phone call or I, I get a message one day on Facebook because I still had a cell phone. I could still fucking check my Facebook and stuff. And it was my old apprentice that I had up in Virginia at my shop was working in Austin at the time. And he's and, probably doing good, huh? He he's, 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 he's starting to get into tattooing. He's fucking, he's starting to do pretty decent. He's working at a shop and stuff. And so Austin's still three and a half hours away. And right, at least maybe even right. six. So, well, so he's down in Austin and he fucking, he sends me a message and I'm I'm kind of talking to him for a couple of days and let him know what's going on with me. And basically he messaged me one day and he's like, look, man, he goes, I, I, I can't let you live like this. He goes, you got too much talent. You've got too much fucking, you know, you're too good for this, you know? So he's like, I'm going to come up there and get you and you're going to come down here and stay with me in Austin. And, um, 
so you know basically fucking long story short you know a couple days later fucking he drove up from austin pours me in the backseat of his fucking car and, and drives me to fucking back down to austin and um he's i mean he kind of saved my life from fucking getting worse at that point because if, if i wouldn't have gotten if i would have stayed there i would have been dead dude i would have been fucking a statistic and um you know had you he, already he, um so you were your all three of your overdoses were in no, no 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 this is still early on in my addiction that he fucking came and picked me up and brought me down to austin oh fuck and, you uh, went back after this oh yeah dude i went back you know i, I tried I to you. clean i tried to clean my life up a little bit at that point right. And then you got everything perfect to do it again. And you're like, this time, exactly. this time I'm not going to do it the bad way though. Right. So now (laughs) it's like, you know, I'm living in Austin and he, he, he got me a job at the shop that he was working at and he gave me some equipment and fucking, you know, clean me up. And so now I'm like starting to tattoo again and I'm starting to make money again and I'm starting to like do okay again, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, so at this point, it was like, you know, I'm starting to do okay again. So I'm, I'm kind of like downplaying my addiction a little bit. And I'm like, you know, just using enough to where I'm not getting sick and I'm not having to go through all that shit again. But so even though when you when you quit, you were still using enough to not get sick. You never really did the whole at this kick. Point, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. At, the, at that point yeah and so which is a bargaining process am i wrong to where you're like it, you're birding where you you know that it's bad and it's killing you and it's making it worse right you're just having to do little bits and little bits more where right. you're telling yourself this is this is okay exactly and then exactly i'm guessing you also sometimes you're like well it's the weekend so <laughs> i can use a little more am i wrong no that's pretty much you're pretty much right on the fucking nail on the head and uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it was like, you know, I, I started, you know, kind of justifying it in my head and it was okay. And, you know, so people down here. Oh, hold on. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The phone slipped. Um, you know, so now I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm working again. I'm tattooing again. And I start using just a little bit at this point. And as any addict knows is you build up that tolerance and then you got to use a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. And again, long story short, the same thing fucking happens, man. It's like, I start using more and then I'm nodding out at fucking work and you know, this and that. And I got fired from that fucking place. And you know, so now it's like, I got to kind of fucking, I still don't get clean and sober yet. I still don't fucking realize that I have that big of a problem. Did you, did you try to kick a little again? no, Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> um, it was still, I was just, you know, I just was using less than I did before. So it was okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, still more and, bargaining, bargaining. Yep. And then next thing and before I know it, man, I'm a fucking full blown fucking at it again. And, you know, I'm fucking can't hold down a job and fucking using fucking left and right. And, uh, then and, during that time, then it's everybody else's fault too, right? Oh, this whole time it's somebody else's fault. It's still so not my fault yet. Was it your apprentice who saved you? Was it his fault for some time? No, no, no. Someone I, else at the shop. No, it was now, well now because I met this girl. I'm blaming all this on a girl now. So okay, I, yeah. I meet this fucking girl. Everything and, was fine until you came yeah, into my life. Exactly. Tried to make me get off the heroin I love so much. It, well, no, she accepted the heroin, so that was the problem. Oh it, shit! Yeah, fuck her then. 
yeah dude she was like oh no it's fine that you're using it's okay just you know don't do it in front of me or whatever blah 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 so you know wow. yeah dude it it, it you know she, she I, was, I was surrounding she's not myself the smartest fucking, person no she wasn't she was really okay. cute though Gosh, you I'm figuring or, or, or I'm putting you on fucking hung like a fucking horse, man. Because <laughs> other, how do you get a girl to bargain like that? A little bit right. of heroin's okay. Just right. not in front of me. Well, and I, think... I mean, I was feeding her meth. So she was fucking, oh, okay. she, was, she was whacked out on the meth. You know, so the meth was okay, but it was a heroin. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so... drugs will make some weird bedfellows on it. I'm telling you, bro, listen, man. It's it's fucking hilarious because like people that use meth are like man fuck heroin addicts man fucking heroin's disgusting it's fucking junk and heroin <laughs> addicts are like fuck people that use meth meth is fucking they're a bunch of tweakers and they fucking take radios apart for fucking no good. dude you neither one of you guys is doing anything good okay you yeah guys both but use shit and you're putting garbage in your fucking bodies we Stop, need someone you know? to be better than right right you know so it, it just it I always I always bring it down to skateboarders and rollerbladers. The, the you know park. what exactly dude there's this fucking hilarious thing on fucking youtube it's um crystal meth versus uh marijuana the great debate and it's it's the fucking like this animation thing and it has like this weed guy and this fucking little guy that looks like a meth shard and they fucking sit in there and they're debating why one's better than the other it's fucking hilarious if you get a chance watch it. <laughs> um but um yeah man it's just it blows me away dude when you're on drugs the shit you justify that is okay Dude, I watched a girl one time blow a fucking pit bull for $10 crack rock. True story. Yeah. And silent, and silent edit started. that part out. Dude, <laughs> I've, I've seen some fucking That's shit. That's real. Man. I, 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 some fucking and, shit. and so that also means that somebody else was just doing that because they had that, to, they, they knew they had that control. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing unless someone's like, no, that's the shit that gets me off, man. You got to blow my dog. No, I'm no, like, no, dude. I was at this fucking I was at this dealer's house one time, man. He was this big old fucking big time fucking like gangster, uh, dude. And he was he just was having like, fun treating people like dude, like like dogs, like uh, like property. It, it, it was it was sad. It was really it was really sad. And she was this cute, like little college girl looking chick. And he, she came uh, over the house. He's like, dude, watch this, man. Fucking fucking she comes in the room he's like bitch you know what to fucking do and he takes his fucking head like one of the big stocky fucking pitbulls he grabs a pitbull by the fucking neck and pulls the pitbull up so he's like standing on his back legs and the bitch gets down there and fucking starts blowing it. oh my god dude i cried i literally fucking cried after that i felt like i had to go jump in an autoclave it was and did, fucking disturbing. and did you and but you continued to get your drugs from that dealer oh yeah because he was a good dealer he had good prices <laughs> um so yeah you know I never had to blow the pit bull. She had to do it, but it was okay. But yeah, dude, it's just the shit you deem fucking okay, man. It, right, it right. Me At any point, you should wake up. For me, I had, um, I think, a sobering moment when I went over to my dealer's house. And everything over there, I always kind of had this bougie idea, kind of like, well, I'm using, but I'm using it for this fun thing, for, to, right. for exploring my mind, for artistic reasons, blah, blah, right. blah. Right. All my justifications. I go over to my dealer's house. It's a fucking putrid mess of just yep. the worst shit ever, right? Yep. Uh, and little baby running around with a diaper is like so full. Oh god! And a litter of puppies that just give birth. And I and I mm. get my meth and I'm go back home, and I'm getting ready to put it all together. And I never slammed it, thank God. Uh, right. But I'm getting my paraphernalia and everything, and I I look down at my 
ankles and they're moving like the hairs are moving. I'm, I look and there's just uh, like a million little baby fleas like that. I had just like my house was clean, but right. I just slept with dogs and woke up with fleas 100%. And like, I had to spray like my house, you yeah. know what I mean? And so like it, that, not that that was when I quit necessarily, man, it seems like it was right within that week though. You know, there's just yeah. that realization. I was like, I am that. I yep. am everything that I act like I'm not. Right. I'm I'm in every bit support of. So, where where's this take you? That uh, this these are your overdoses though, in in Fort Worth. Well, what I had one overdose in Fort Worth. Smack you out of it, mm-hmm. and then and then I moved to Austin and fucking shit. Same story in Austin, man, and fucking ruined everything out there. And then I went from Austin to um, where did I go? Austin to South Carolina. South Carolina, same story. I mean, it's, it was just for years, dude. It was the same. You walk into the hood again to you. It was basically the- well. Basically, what it is is, man. You, when you move, you're like, okay, I'm going to run away from my problems. I'm going to go somewhere and start over, right? Right. Well, when you're, but when you're a drug addict, is there. When you're a drug addict, dude, you run over and you go someplace new. And when you, you're starting over, you're finding a new dealer and a new place to fucking, you know, that's your starting over. And right. so I went from, you know, going from fucking. Texas to fucking South Carolina. No matter where you move, it's the same fucking story. And that's what it was. It was the same fucking band of events. And, you know, it took me going from when I was in South Carolina, I met a girl and I fell in love, dude. I, 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 I fell in love and I still am in love with her to this day. Um, and we ended up getting pregnant and, um, we had a baby boy. And, um, it took everything that I went through going to jail, going to prison, dude, fucking every dump straight out of every fucking thing. When I looked in my newborn son's eyes and held him, dude, that for me was it. I, that was it. That, that was when I was done. And, um, He's two years old now and I'm almost two years clean. And it took, it took that having a son to get my son together, you know? I mean, it's not awesome. It took that, but it's awesome that it was able to have that profound effect. You know what though? I wouldn't change a moment of anything that I went through or anything that I did. I wouldn't change any of it for anything because, you know, everything made me who I am and the father that I am now. And, you know, currently you're feeling appreciative as hell of life. You even dude. And when I got clean, it, 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 I'll say this, man, getting clean and kicking dope was not, I'm going to get fucking shit for this, but it was not as hard as I fucking thought it was going to be. I would rather go through two weeks, three weeks of fucking sheer pain and hell to -hmm. get clean than I would to live a lifetime on dope you know it 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 it, it was so just <sighs> going through that fucking shit and going through that sickness and fucking realizing that i'm gonna be able to be a good father and i'm gonna be a good husband and i'm gonna be a good fucking man that's what my drive was you know and um you had your so you didn't really kick until he was born too then yeah like when he was didn't born, go through well, the when sickness. he was born when Okay, well, my house got raided by the feds and, um, by, well, by the fucking police department. And um, when my house got raided, my girl was pregnant. At the what time. were they looking for? Some of Trump's uh, classified docs there. 
they were they were looking for some uh, crystal meth and some heroin and some other things. So at I, this I mean, point, I, were you dealing too? Or oh yeah, dude. At this point, okay. dude. You know, I mean, I I started dealing, and I took, you know, some people take that like that drug addict gangster life, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna. Do, I took it to the fucking limit, dude. I became that guy. You know, I became a fucking gangster and a fucking drug dealer and a fucking you know. Tattooing, I didn't. I, I didn't tattoo anymore. I fucking carried a gun now and sold fucking dope and fucking right. you know, kick doors and fu- all that shit, dude. And um, you know, so I, I Scarface. A, yeah, I became that guy, dude. And, well, you and, pimped out and stuff. You mean too, or was this all going? Your your proceeds were all going to your habit. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I was fucking selling the drugs, so I was getting my shit for free now, and fucking, I didn't have to pay for drugs anymore because. I was supplying them and I was making money okay. and paying my rent and paying my bills and fucking doing it, you know, so hard to stay on top of that, but you must have had a lot of money coming in. Were you also, you must've been bartering. I was moving a point. lot of weight too. I was moving a lot of fucking shit. I mean, right I wasn't on. like, just like, you know, buying a half so, ounce. Yeah. Which also means you were a, either a beacon for a lot of people or you're yes. dealing with some pretty rotten elements that were then I, breaking I it down with, further. Yeah. I was dealing with some fucking, I was buying fucking crystal meth by the pound. Um, you know, I was buying heroin by the fucking, you know, four or five well, ounces. At a a little's good. So a lot, I guess, is, yeah. is better. I, but I had a team of people working for me mm-hmm. in the whole fucking gamut, you know, and, um, you and know. prestige even. You, you, I mean, at one point, right? So now, I mean, you kind of feel, and you've already seen some of the worst things that, this power of that kind of dealing can do right uh but so now i now tried, you're to, I tried like, to be a dealer with a heart i guess you could say you know i i never fucking really made i never put people through that kind of right. shit um but um well that's yeah, gonna I mean, suffer from that person's own weakness to or that's gonna stem i mean psychologically right. supposedly if, if all the shrinks is right <laughs> then that's yeah. coming from that person's own weakness I'm gonna, uh, I'm and his own frailty of life I'm going to go with that girl was probably touched by somebody at some point. And, you know, she's got some fucking deep rooted issues to where she can do something like that to blow a fucking dog. Uh, I mean, heroin's a fucking mighty powerful drug. It is. is. And I, I know that there's, uh, I I mean, in jail, I was on trustee floor and I was inquisitive and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm friendly kid and we're on trustee floor. So nobody's. I love being a trustee. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I trust you. Yeah, because it's just like, no, nobody's fucking up their good time. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you're you're trusty, fight. You, got things, you got things made in there. You're doing. Okay. Yeah. You someone starts fighting you while you're mopping or something. You're just mm-hmm. like you back away and you're just like, not me. Yeah. Uh-uh. Don't yep. know what you're talking about. That's y'all's yep. fucking because exactly. I'm getting out here and I know when. And you got your coffee and you got your fucking soups, your locker's yeah. full, you're good. Oh, yeah, and we got double sugar Kool-Aid, so what's oh, dude, up we got, dude, I used to run the kitchen in Williamson County Jail in fucking Texas, man. Dude, you get fucking double portions of fucking food, boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the rest of those fucking ponds over there in the fucking blocks, you get to fucking eat. Uh, our eggs are only a little gray. <laughs> dude, I used to smuggle fucking Valvita cheese up to the fucking up to the fucking Uh-oh. dorms, dude. We used to fucking sneak so much shit. God damn. How dude. would you get it up there? You had guards that knew the Elyrie to no, be, man, working through fucking, laundry. Well, you did have friends in laundry. That's how we ran the mail through there and the drugs. Mm-hmm. But um no, we fucking um we used to fucking like 
tie shit to her fucking tie shit to your dick, dude, and fucking you push yeah. it down your pants, and you fucking push it in your boots, and fucking find innovative ways to smuggle all they kinds. They sent a kid up one time, and he got busted, and then everybody was on, uh, you know, like time out for a little bit. He got fucked right? up. Yeah, but man, he had like there was the hot pocket type things, and man, every, yeah. of course that's something you want. He right. stuffed his his whole fucking um his oranges. Like it's just walking like a Pillsbury Doughboy would or something, going up the elevator, and then had uh laundry in there too, right? And then a bunch in that, so it looked like he had one pair of uh, of you know, you can't go walking around with several pair of laundry, so you might be yeah. able to get by with one pair of right. uh, oranges, but there's so much shit stuffed in there, it's like, come on, he's walking, all <laughs> like, like I feel like back and forth in the legs, yep. Oh man, we used to fuck. Was... Dude, we used to fucking remember how like you peg, you peg, tie your pants at the bottom when you cuff them, mm-hmm. like in the eighties. How you do them real tight? Yeah, you do that yeah. real fucking tight, man. You can fucking put shit down your pants and they wouldn't fall out the bottoms because they're all fucking tied up there. Right. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. We used to fucking dude. You know what's good money in there and nobody thought of for the longest time is you know fucking um. I don't even want to know. <laughs> no, you I don't want to fucking... know how to make it in there anymore. <laughs> That shit, that fucking seasoning shit you put on your fucking fruit and stuff, it's big like in Mexico and like, okay. uh, what is it called? The chamoy or something it, like that? Keeps it fresh or something or not? No, no, no. It's or like it just for taste. It, it's like basically what it is, it's like chili salt, chili powder, salt, um, and like lime powder. Um, okay. And it's a seasoning. And basically, basically it's a, yeah. it's a seasoning that we would make. And we'd fucking, dude, we'd sell that shit up in the dorms, dude. That shit is like fucking gold, bro. People go fucking bash because you don't get salt, you don't get fucking pepper up there, you don't get fucking you know any right. spices or anything. So yep. any kind of fucking you know. So you guys would make it in tr- on trustee floor. You guys would make yeah. It so when we, were the, when we were in the yeah when we were in the kitchen, we'd make <laughs> fucking spices, dude. We fill up these fucking big up. plastic bags, how, man. You fucking time to your leg, uh, and then you fucking little, go up. Convicts, let's let's stop talking about this. I don't <laughs> like it no more. <laughs> Fuck this shit! I don't need to know nothing Let's about, talk about that recipes life. we can make with ramen. <laughs> no, that's just as bad. <laughs> Let's no, not talk about collecting soot to make ink. You know, no, Let's not know talk nothing about, about how to toothpaste tattoos. God, dude, it, it, these you know poor what? kids I, now. What do they do that? We, like, you can't get a cassette deck. You have to use big old dude, heavy they clippers. Use, they make they make tattoo machines out of with water now. It's like what? a fucking a high. Dude, I saw this the other day. Oh, to make the needle. No, to make the needle, right? No, to run the fucking machine. They use water. Okay? So they have like a water. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how they do it, but they have like a water line. Man, you're on some bullshit. Dude, I what? swear to God, you can a look at line. Up, it's uh-huh. like a fucking hydro fucking tattoo machine. I <laughs> in jail. Fucking kid, dude. Yeah, no, not they have, in jail. Dude, they have the fucking... Listen, they have like the water they line that runs through, and somehow they do look it up and somehow they route the water to the fucking machine and they run the fucking the water runs over this thing like a fucking paddle wheel and it fucking makes the fucking okay. thing spin uh, dude, yeah, like a turbine of some sort yes and it's fucking tattoo machines run by water oh wow I don't do drugs anymore, so I know I wasn't tripping when I saw this. You know, yeah. I'm putting you in that category. I was like, I don't know what this guy's been they smoking. They were smoking some shit, you know. <laughs> no, I swear Water to God. Water tattoos, I, you don't say. I promise you, dude, I saw this somewhere. <laughs> on something. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Well, so maybe they could get an engine that was a pump. 
it, and then it, they it, had it, something they made into a turbine. I mean, that's kind of what those pneumatic ones were. Yeah, you know, yeah the pneumatic what, one would run with water. Yeah, uh, it, it, it run it with water, dude. It I, seems like they you would want to circle. You would, I guess, you would cycle it, huh? You would have to cycle it. So it, I have to come out of the machine too and back into the pump and just keep know. on going. As long as you could get yeah, a pump, so, you so, could do it probably. Right. So yeah, Maybe there's so. some way that they do this with water. I got a I pneumatic machine, so, yeah. an old one from back in the so, day. Anyway. So I can hook it up with a um. Did you ever with an air hose use and those? blow into it? Yeah. Well, no, I I did use one once. I, really? I, you know Captain Spaulding? Yeah. You know Captain Spaulding from uh, House of yeah. Thousand Corpses, whatever. So he's in Miami one time, and somebody decides that they want to do the world's largest tattoo collab. And there's some idiot right. that's like, yeah, I'm down for it. And then everybody signs up and they all just start tattooing. And I signed up only because they had a Numa and I wanted to try it out. <laughs> they had right. one of them pneumatic ones. Okay. So I tried it out. It was cool. It was a little bit slow, but it was it was right. really smooth and consistent. And I didn't realize how important that was back then, you know, because right. um, right. I, I had so many theories in how machines were supposed to run in my head. But then uh, Captain Spaulding, right. he did a part of that tattoo, too. So I've done a collab with Captain Spaulding. You mean you mean Sid Haig, the guy that played Captain yep. Spaulding? Yes. Yep. So oh, gay. wow. That's pretty crazy. I was pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, I nice. Nice. Yeah. Whatever of that. <laughs> you know what's funny too? It's like a lot of people, especially newer 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 tattooers, don't realize that rotaries have been around for a long time. Because if you look oh, back there at it, old you know, patents. Uh, remember fucking, super uh, old patents on them. And dude, the first uh dude, even the coil on, machine was actually a rotary. It was like a coil a rotary, yeah. Yeah, that pulled the 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 a wheel down. But if Magnetic, you look at no. um, if hold on one sec. Hey, I'm still doing this podcast. Give me, I'm still doing this podcast. Give me a couple minutes. Okay, you got my yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, no, a lot of people don't realize though that fucking um, uh, the old Spalding Spalding Rogers catalogs used to sell a fucking a rotary machine that they marketed called the Revolution. Called the Revolution that they marketed mm-hmm. towards animal tattooing, where you could fucking tattoo like your animals and shit. Okay. Is how they did it. I think that's how they did it. But yeah, it was the revolution tattoo machine that they used. And it came in a little box and you had like your little machine in there and had all kinds of fucking gizmos with it. I remember it. I was, I was, uh, then I had asked people about it. And in the industry, the common response from anybody that, you know, I respected was, oh, fuck that thing, man. Yeah. Oh, fucking nobody's ever going to use rotaries. Those are garbage. They'll never come. I don't don't even think we called, they called it a rotary. I was like, what the hell kind of contraption is this? Cause you couldn't see nothing on it. It It's just one box. Yeah. And like I think also like the needle um the needle bar in it it feels like you had the to needle bar was like the you, needle. It was like a sharpened yeah. needle bar is basically yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, like it didn't have the hook the round part, right? The eyelid. Right. Right. You had to use just a straight thing and then tie it in there, which probably that was probably one of the most beneficial parts not having to use rubber bands. Right. You know, having that thing straight hooked up to a or could have right. been I don't know who is using it. There's probably, you know, there's probably a p- couple of people who are like, I fucking love this thing. Oh, yeah. Somebody somewhere has it. Because in theory, it shouldn't have been bad, except it probably was a, um, like a 570 motor and right. like a, a little race car motor, not a brushless yeah. at all. Right. You know, it was a brushed motor. Right. Oh, well, listen, like, like I'm, I'm boring my fans at home. 
<laughs> let's get back into why you know let's get okay. back into into, into uh, getting off of drugs at least because i think we're about to see the light your, your horizon has definitely changed now right. so i know that so, you made it through the tunnel yeah my life my life went to complete shit and um basically then you know i had my son roman and uh the most beautiful fucking creation i've ever seen in my life man and um you know it it I went and I got clean and, um, you know, it wasn't like I just went and got clean, you know, like bought it at the store, you know, it took some time. No, but... You got a week or so usually at least, right. Of, of like your head oh, yeah, not I feeling through, right. I, I went gut through, literally puking. Yeah. I went through some fucking hell, man. And it's your bones hurt, dude, your whole body. Dude. I remember just laying in bed. I couldn't sleep just laying in bed, kicking my legs back and forth. I rubbed all the fucking hair off my legs. Uh, it just it, it was it was horrible it was fucking horrible but like i said man i'd rather go through that than live a lifetime of a slave and were um, there people around you at the time that were helping you through that um this, yeah there was you know the co's were there and um okay you, know, you were locked up oh yeah i was i was locked up when i when i kicked um what you did you turn yourself in to kick or something you no had a so, warrant? Oh, what I, didn't, was I didn't finish the story so anyways the fucking cops come raid my house um my girl's pregnant so when the cops raided my house, fucking, you know, they're uh, searching the whole house, this and that. My girl starts going into fucking labor. Oh, and, my uh, fucking God. So my girl, goes, she's going into labor and the cops. Water breaks, that kind of shit. Yeah, dude, like full blown fucking labor. So basically my girl. Goes Did they believe the her? Hospital. Well, yeah, because they're sitting there watching her, you know. So. OK. Fucking, yeah. My, but like you could. You could be like, man, this is a slick. She just threw a cup of water on the floor, and then <laughs> right. was like, "Oh my god, no! Stop the raid! Stop the raid!" No, no, no. They were they like they because they, when they were when they raid your house, they don't just let you walk around. You know, fucking, they're got you yeah. in the corner, fucking gunpoint. So, you know, they're fucking. You know, and she's that like, baby was like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here, dude." Roman's like, "Fucking, <laughs> I'm coming out, man." And um, <laughs> so she starts going into labor. So they take her to the fucking hospital, and they take me to jail. Um. Well, fucking when they took me to jail, fucking, you know, I so I wasn't technically there for the birth of my son. Um, but what happened was my my mom bonds me out of jail. Um, and so I get bonded out on, you know, these fucking like restrictions kind of things, basically. So. Right. Pre-trial. Well, yeah. And there was other things involved, too. And um, okay. so basically the cops wanted me to basically work for him. And um, so I, I get out on bond. I go to the hot. I literally got <laughs> got out i had my dealer pick me up my dealer takes me to the fucking hospital where my son was just born hands me a little bag of dope so i can get well right takes mm -hmm. me to the fucking hospital where my son's fucking born i walk in there i see my son and for me that was a, just a huge life-changing moment um and so at this point i'm like you know what i need to get fucking clean i need to get off fucking drugs dude i need to fucking quit the way i'm doing things blah, blah, you blah. didn't do that dope then the, your no dealer i did dope I did the dope. Okay. Oh yeah. You I did it before you held your son or after? I hate I hate to say this, dude. Before. And it's, well, it's I a, mean, it makes more sense for the story, but, really, don't you it? Know. Right. And so yes. And um, sorry, I'm getting a little like emotional talking about this, but um. So anyways, so you know, I go to the hospital, and over the next few days, you know, my son's, you know, still in the hospital now. He was born because me and my girl were both using at the time. Um, he was born addicted and, um, you know, he had to be in the, the NICU and he had to kick oh. in there. Oh God, I fucking hate telling this dude. 
And um, it, it was really hard. You know, it was very, very fucking hard to go through. And, um, you know, you it, it, wake, it wake up call you had yet. You yeah, weren't going to do it for your life. But really, after you really, really realize was, that this really disease is taking down the things you love, even the things like you try not to love your family at some point as an addict so that you don't take them down. You walk right. away a lot of times right. and then you're easier. The addiction has easier time with you because it's like, now I've got you to myself. Right. But then something like this, you really have to take in a moment and realize that my addiction is causing me to even need it before I go and hold my child. Right. And I'm looking at possibly never being able to see this child because I might not be free. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's a very sobering thing, dude. It really is. And, um, you know, so, it, it, and, and basically over the next few days, you know, I'm not, I'm not abiding to my restrictions of my bond. And so I end up getting by doing drugs or by uh, associating with criminals, kind of that. And, you know, uh, working with police officers and, you know, narking on people and doing all that kind of stuff because i'm not going to snitch on people blah 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 so okay because yeah they wanted you to work for them right away yeah they're they're gonna start climbing the ladder yeah so they knew that i fucking i was big time they knew that i knew big time and fucking blah 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 so um anyways they re-arrest me like four days after my son's born um so i go back to jail and this is where i'm like you know what fuck this dude i'm done i am fucking done and um I had to serve like six more months. Um, so I go to jail, fucking I kicked Obama in there. Um, you know, I start making changes in myself and changes in my, my thought process and my life. And I start going to meetings in, inside. Um, in the meantime, my girl, you know, she couldn't do it on her own. So we end up losing our house. We end up losing our fucking everything. So now it's like here she's got a newborn son. Her old man's in jail. What does she She's do? Homeless. So, she, so she moves back up to New Jersey where her parents are. Family. Okay. Uh, her family should go be with her family and help take did, care of this, our son. Did she um, already kick at this point? Or is she yeah, still trying so, to yeah, use so, her own family? So okay. She's fucking, she's done. Um, Thank God. And then, so I get out, you know, and I tell her, like, like when I get out, I'm going to come up to Jersey and be a dad, you know? And um, so I got Which has got to have the in-laws excited. Oh no, her in-laws fucking hate. her parents hate me, dude. Her parents fucking hate me. Still currently. Right. Oh on. yeah, dude. We'll never never gonna get along, dude. Um, because in their eyes, I'm not with that attitude. Junkie. In her <laughs> in their parents' eyes, I'm nothing but a junkie convict. So, you know. Well, whatever. you know what? We're all junkie convicts of some yeah. sort. I don't know. I mean, uh, you get to be it, but yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. You know, you start to you you build faith. That's right. Saint, you know, and and uh eventually they have to by logic see a change right and, 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 and as will, long as you, you know. invite them to always be looking right. for the flaws because you're like you know honestly you guys might be the first to catch me up on some shit yeah and it ain't the easiest to run this straight and narrow sometimes no you know you get some problems and you might want to go walk to the hood right you're right you're right you know and and i hope that eventually one day you know they can they're very just judgmental people dude i don't want to down talk them too much or anything like that but no we have our differences and so you know so she moves up here she's she's doing good and she's got our son she's raising our son i get out of jail and as soon as i got out of jail within a couple of days man i fucking got a ride up here and 
moved up to Jersey and, um, you know, just been trying to be a dad, man. And, you know, now I'm sober. I'm fucking off the fucking years. I'm off the heroin. I'm fucking up here and fucking working my butt off and doing really fucking good. And, you know, ready to join the church and become a fisher of men. It sounds okay, like. just don't go there, dude. Okay. We're not. You got such a yet. great testimony, man. <laughs> my testimony don't got me slamming nothing. So, like, you know, we need some deacons. Yet. You know, but, you know what? The, the, in, in G, when you know, Jesus was like thugged up, right? Yeah. Like he, he didn't go out and be like, I found me a bunch of pansies to go hang out and fucking do hippie shit. Hippie hug shit. trees and tell the Caesar not to deforest. You know, he fucking went out and got like the fishermen that people were like, no, nah, we don't want him on the boat. Yep. <laughs> you he, know, he's he like making fishers of men. Yeah. Yeah, but and and then he fucked and they did. Like he's like, listen, we got a message. And uh sometimes you need a higher power, you need faith. Maybe this is it. I'm just telling you, it's out there for you, brother. Right. You got the church of Jesus Christ with faith to follow, and you don't have to change any of your beliefs because we already know. Well, you do, maybe, perhaps. (laughs) I think number one, when we really base down anything and we recognize that we are all from the same material, then we can also then recognize that we all should have love one for ourselves and since we're also from the same material for everyone else so this is the basis of christianity that i will look into it you know and it works really well with me when i think um namaste so like the divine light in me sees recognizes honors the divine light in you like if i recognize everybody is being made by my creator then even if he believes in a different creator, even if he believes in fucking Satan being like his dude, like the opposite of whatever I might imagine my creator, although I don't know necessarily want to think that there's a Satan because that's just weird. But uh, at any rate, if there is that, then how can I hate that guy? Because he's mistaken. Right. I no. can't understand war uh, between religions if I apply the actual teachings of a God that loves his creation, okay, it would, it would be more important for me to, as a, as I see, listen to this, there's this al- awesome, awesome album that mixed a lot of hip hop uh, artists with old Bob Marley songs. Right. Um, and in one of them, there's just some beat down fucking reggae dudes, you know, saying some shit. Uh, and they, they was like dropping knowledge. And one guy says, when you roster win, you no more war. And I think that all the time, because if you kill some, somebody who offends you, who says your God isn't the real God. Now you're like, my God's a sensitive God. And he don't like being told he's not real. So I'm going to kill you. Well, that guy's kids grow up Mm -hmm. and then they kill you. And that's not what your God could ever want because he wants you to have an abundant life. And if he wants you to have abundant life, then he obviously wants that even for your enemies. And we're supposed to love our enemies. Right. So what he's saying then, I believe, is when you win, you actually win with no more war. Now, how could we affect to where we could have no more war? Well, I don't kill that man instead of him being my enemy. Now I need to love, honor and respect and see the divine light in him. And in that case, I have a friend. Then when I have a friend, 
I Rasta win because I no more war. Right. Okay. Oh, that's I, 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 okay. I, I, I get, it. you know what? And you might make me change my beliefs. <laughs> right on. Cause it's, cause right. dude, man, imagine the faith you're going to walk in when you're like, yeah, man, I, tax free property. <laughs> this guy's giving me 10% of his, like, you know, I mean, you study in the church long enough, you got to go and start your own denominator, your own, uh, your own church somewhere. Right? Who's giving so, me some dollars. Yeah, it's well. Who's helping me build faith? So you're looking at it wrong. Well, that's a greedy way to look at it. Well, <laughs> I, I started a church when I was a kid. Like you I really, mean, like, I didn't. Are you legit? Like you really started a church? Well, I mean, I, I've I've got two sermons, and uh, really, okay. yeah. And I'm I'm doing this uh, in the same exact ideal that I told you. I'm right. doing it with to you got see me faith. Listening I, now you got my well, listen. My my pastor was a drug addict inside a right. GM. He made enough money to never really become uh, an addict, I guess. Right. He didn't have right. an addiction problem because he had money. But he he and his wife broke up. He wanted to change his life. And he did. He started having prayer meetings inside of his garage. Those mm -hmm. people started bring tithe because it was walking in faith. Tithe shows that you walk in faith. So they would give 10 percent of their money. He didn't need to work at GM anymore. He just had to work on a sermon every week. He had 10, 20 people showing up, but he didn't have the room for him in his garage anymore. So I, my family comes in and they're excited to be a part of this grassroots kind of thing. Oh, I heard about this church starting up. They, they purchased this building, you know, piece of crap over on the south side of Flint. And then uh, I come in as a child. I'm polishing chairs and shit. We got little folding chairs, cold ass fucking seats. We're painting the walls, you know, not like that. You got to go on long motions. Damn, these kids fucking everything <laughs> up, you know, uh, there, there's uh, we, we my parents are doing real work. <laughs> you know, we're doing the right. busy work and we build this church and then we come to it. And every week we see the congregation grow. There's 30, 40, 50. That guy is right. now retired. By the end of it, he had 500 plus people giving him 10 percent of their yearly incomes. Now, if I think about him. Right. I, he was the most faithful Christian I'd ever seen. It was disgusting. It was like right. dripping off him like syrup, how much faith he had that the Lord would do shit. But I also remember one time when his faith must have diminished because he put the plate around twice. <laughs> right. At the beginning of the sermon, at the end. everything seemed fine. And then at the end of the sermon, he said he didn't believe that the, the people paid what the Lord had put on their hearts. My dad hmm. stood up and was not happy right and he said if you got to pay your rent then maybe the lord has put it on you to test you in some other manner okay. than to put a conviction on your on on other people and right. in that kind of i always play that back to my head i think man that was the best day of my life because we got to leave church a little early <laughs> church it was so boring right so fucking I, I, boring. I hated church growing up i hated it oh you were a catholic church you just it was like oh, doing God. squats for you it was like sit stand kneel sit stand kneel sit stand kneel shake a hand sing a song go home you know yeah. <laughs> it's god what I did about the uh glasses i did the whole fucking thing man the whole fucking thing Ugh, it was rough yeah. see and then then you get the idea that you can never benefit see the faith in, in Catholic church, it just has to be there. It doesn't grow easy in this, right. in this charismatic church that my pastor had, the faith could grow for him because he literally saw God working. Like he used to have a job and right. his faith in the Lord. He didn't have a job anymore. All he had to do was fucking 
put up a pool for his kids. It paid for his divorce from his, his wife who was still addicted. Uh, you know, it, it started paying for his house and his car. He had property, tax-free property. How much faith did he end up having? Well, fuck that much, right? Yeah. He had yeah. Kenneth Copeland amounts. Imagine if we're flying around in jets one time, right? Jeez. You and I going to have some faith. <laughs> I will have some faith. <laughs> I will. Right. You know, you listening? Me, you got me. I'm well, listening. I am listening. In the end, all these religions tap into something, into right. something that is profound and is true. And that is just that, that we are all deserving of forgiveness as long as we are prepared to give forgiveness. And, right. and that is recognizing the divine light in others and recognizing right. the creator's brushstrokes, however right. you want to see it. And uh, if that's in Christianity, fucking let's let's expand upon that and since thankfully christians don't believe the bible then we don't have to be dogma held down to a fucking bible that tells us not to eat shrimp true 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 right true <laughs> it tells this is you the conversation we got to get into sometime because you got you got me interested <laughs> right now you, you seriously <laughs> got me thinking I'm, I'm, ah you're a fisherman i see and you got me thinking, you know, because one thing I want to do with my story, man, in my life is I want to help people. I want to do I want to make a change in people's lives. Well, and imagine how my faith is growing right now to hear you say that. I want to <laughs> if, if I can change one person's life, it made it all worth it. And well, you're living as a cautionary tale. And I think you're going to help honestly with what we've done here. And, and I, I think we continue to help when we destigmatize uh, getting help for right. addiction. Yeah, people. You know, if, uh, if you're if you're an addict, man, all I can say if you if you're having get help, dude, get off drugs, man. Life's so much better off them, and it's so much more beautiful. Would you, know. you say don't? What would you say to minimize their fear of reaching out for help? The the reaching out and getting help and accepting the help and getting off the drugs is so much more painless than your day-to-day journey of being an addict you know it 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 is so i don't know i don't know what to say but it's just do it man it's worth it it's it's don't be scared don't be scared to ask for help you know if it's it sounds to me like you eventually add up the totality of the cost if you're if you are chasing that drug i'm guessing that you always have that as your vision and you don't right. see the downfalls and all the things that are actually hurting you. But right. you yourself, you keep on kind of talking about the overall pain of it. Yeah. Right. Like, like, cause it affects your whole life and everybody. It, does. in it, it. doesn't, it, it doesn't just affect a little piece of it. You know, you're not just going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt everybody around you. You're going to hurt everybody you love. You're going to hurt everybody you come in contact with. You are and just, when you it, run away from them. So you don't hurt them. You're hurting them more and you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt your kids and your wife and your girl and your mom and your dude, I don't ever want to see my mom cry again. I do not ever want to see my mother cry again because of me, you know? Oh God. I've put so many people through so much pain and hurt so many people in my life that I just want to give back. I just want to give, give education, knowledge, give Have you found any outlets for that? Are are you working with a 12 steps? You're, are you are you to the point to sponsor anybody yet? Two no, years? no, 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 time. no, not at all. I'm not at that point. Okay. Um, you know, I still got a lot of work I got to do with myself. Um, I'm in the process right now, putting together a book. Um, I'm, I guess you could say writing a book. 
um, mm-hmm. on my life, um, kind of as a self-help manual of what not to do and what to do. And, you know, um, are you calling it a cautionary tale? Something. Are, I don't have a title bell for, tolls for you. Uh, <laughs> bell the bell tolls. tolls. I, I, that's actually, I like that. Um, no, I, I, I still don't know what I'm calling it yet. It's just so far. It's a bunch of thoughts on paper. Um, that somehow I'm going to string together into something kind of entertainable, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, you know, I just want to help and I want to get back and I just want to see people live and enjoy life. Cause life's fucking beautiful, man. Stop and smell the roses. Cause they smell good. You know? So, yeah. On that dude, I, I love it. I don't want to say anymore cause I'm going to ruin anything. So, uh, let me say it. I've obviously stayed too long and said too much. Oh, wait a second. Hold what? the press. Somebody's coming in. Oh, God. oh, you're absolutely right, Candy. There's a very important thing. What? The candy makes me do. Yeah. Uh, that I feel a little ashamed to do sometimes. And so I'm What's just going to be vulnerable and explain that, that this is an odd moment for me when I ask the ask Kyle a question section. But <laughs> I, apparently there are people that are interested to hear me talk and i not that i haven't already like i already preached a whole fucking sermon here Uh, do you have any question that you would ask me brother why the juggalo tattoo oh dude because juggalo is another one of those beautiful things misunderstood like christianity because its followers are shitty but yet the message is not bad at all you know um what was it Lordy, Lordy, we got to protest that man. Some rock and roll ninja bit the head off a rat. We're marching his concerts and send him to hell because he's so fucking terrible. But meanwhile, his album sells double and triple because you heard about him rubbing his nipple. Religious? Shit, you helped that man bank. Instead of helping those poor people eating out of them garbage cans, when I come to town, you better protest me because, motherfucker, I could use the money. Now, that is some thought that we can see sometimes the hate that you try to form actually make young Kyle interested in going to see uh, the last, uh, no, the, not the passion of Christ, the last temptation of Christ, which was a movie the Catholic church hated. Right. I wanted to see it only because of their protestations made it to the news. And this kind of observation was made by I see fucking P and I think it's poignant and there's value there. And I think, when people go to hate them, the joke is right there in their face. First right. off, if you're hating them, it's because you're trying to take them seriously. People mm-hmm. will say, hey, they don't know how magnets work. Yeah. Right. Did you notice they're also in clown makeup? Yeah. Dude, I, I mean, I, you know what? I got to <laughs> say, I've, I've listened to them and people do have a misconstrued and they do have a beautiful message to preach. And, and then there's yeah, their followers that just like Christians. I mean, Christ is an awesome, too. Christians right. fucking suck, though. Let's be honest. Right. ICP is is here or there as far as your judgment for taste in music. What they're they're juggalo followers, uh, of which I have often been one, and I am not ashamed to admit our shit. They're they're just like all right. groups of people. They're right. pure fucking shit, and maybe juggalos are maybe worse because somehow they exalt in it. You know, <laughs> they're like right. excited to smell bad or to wear vomit on their shoe or something. Um. So that that's why I have the juggalo tattoo, because to me, it will never cease uh, to be funny that I wanted something that was my own 
and I got on the bus and I was wearing my favorite Metallica shirt. Right. And it was Master of Puppets. And that's a fucking badass album. That's a good, that's a great album. But then the kids that I wanted to be accepted by, they saw me getting on. They're like, oh, yeah, you like Metallica? And long hair kid, jean jacket, just the right number of patches. I was like, dude, this guy's cool as shit. <laughs> I want to be him. I was like, right. yeah, I love Metallica. Obviously, he does too, right? So I'm like, yeah, man, I love Metallica. So like, what's the best album? Oh, shit. Quiz time. Well, it's obvious, right? I say Master of Puppets. He Ride hates me immediately. And he tells me, Ride the Lightning. Exactly that. You saw it coming. <laughs> And there was this weird fraternity that I was kicked out of for the first day. And eventually I find myself in the same position on the bus when a kid's getting on and he's got his injustice for all. Thank you. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm like full circle. I'm way. I hate this kid. (laughs) I hate this kid that is me, you know? Right. And in that moment. But you're all the same. But we're all the same. Huh? And so in that moment, I realized that uh, I wanted something that nobody would ever want to take from me, though, too. And no one wants to take ICP from you. You will not come onto the bus and have somebody that's like, dude, no, my fucking favorite albums, this new shit or whatever. They're like, <laughs> it's a subject. It's a group that they're just like, no, nah, that's yours. All right, go ahead. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Right. Whoop, whoop. Fago dance Fago over there. Forever. Go ahead. <laughs> You're a little sticky, huh? That's a long ride home. That's the fucked up thing. You ever gone to a show too? You'll be sold on it. I'm telling dude, you, they I, do a live fucking show. show is fucking amazing to go. Have to. you seen it? I've been to one, yes. It <laughs> is you know. absolutely amazing. Don't get up front, though, right? No. It don't matter. You're sticky. No. It's a you sticky don't, you don't even have, you don't even. You can hate ICP, dude. You don't have to even like ICP. You go to an ICP show, it will be the mm-hmm. best time you've ever had. I, I believe the same. I went to one, and I was 100% sold. Yeah. With such a cheap amount of theatrics, like you're really looking at their stage show, and you're like, right. honestly, they don't have more than maybe. I mean, in, in the artwork, maybe. Okay, I'm not going to add up the artwork. But for the night, they have maybe $5,000, right, of people right. they got to pay out and, and Fago that they got to kick into the crowd. Right. But they have created uh spectacular spectacle that They've created people there will remember for their yes for the rest of their lives it um, is amazing. did Wait. you did you end up being are you down with the clown is that what you're saying i i i i'm a listener i'm i'm a listener we can't get um, you to say it okay <laughs> whoop whoop um <laughs> love it well, with that, we have officially stayed too long and said too much. Dave Bell, uh, we'd love to have you back on. Let's do this again, okay? Absolutely. You let me know thank when. Thank you so I'm much, there. man. All okay. right. Thank you, Kyle. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.